We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, Week 14, DraftKings Picks and Preview. If you want to get into a draw for 20 DK dollars, what you need to do is smash the like button for this episode, leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section, tell me your single favorite play at either running back or receiver below $4,000 on the DraftKings Millionaire Maker main slate on Sunday. Lots of games this week, the most jam-packed slate we've had on a Sunday in quite some time. And if you want to get into a draw for 60 DK dollars, what you do is subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Download the episodes, obviously. Then leave a five-star review, DraftKings handle, something you enjoy about this show. And boom, you're in the draw for 60 DK dollars. Winners will be announced live Monday, 1 p.m. Eastern time on the DraftKings YouTube channel. If you're looking for the cheat sheet for the show, it'll be out on Saturday. And if you want to touch up on the DraftKings picks, tune in live Sunday morning, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. DraftKings YouTube channel, PME Facebook page, and on demand after the fact on the Audio feeds up around 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, give or take like five minutes on either side, and boom, you'll have all the information you need. Joining me right now from EstablishTheRun.com and DK Live, host of the DFS Edge podcast, Adam Levitan. What's going on, man? Hey, what's up, buddy? I don't know if you guys can see Jerry in the background. Doesn't look like you can. Oh, now you can. Nice job, Paul, switching to the one shot there so everybody gets to look at Jerry. Jerry's quite agitated today, so expect some barks. 
Does that mean like it, whenever Jerry barks, we can fill out an entire roster then of guys? It's possible. I, I, it's, there's no way that Jerry's team could be worse than the teams that I put in every week. So <laughs> I might have to go with that. Yeah. I mean, she's looking at you right now. She's thinking, I got a squad this week. Yeah. I mean, I'm just not going to take any Jerry head to heads. Uh, I don't want to lose my money to Jerry. Um, holiday season is almost here. Cust went mm-hmm. over his tips for holiday parties on the show. Do you have any holiday tips for the people out there? Because I've been trying to, I've decided after, like, I gain like 10 to 15 pounds in the two weeks mm-hmm. that I go home every single Christmas time. So I'm trying to, like, lose 5 to 10 pounds before I go so I can just get back to my natural weight. Um, so that's, like, my tip if people, like, travel for the holidays. Because it's not like I'm not going to eat all the delicious food around the sure. holiday season. It's going to be, like, every single day, increased drinking, increased sodium, increased sugar. It's going to be a great time. Do you have any holiday tips for the peoples? Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess my, my tip, well, I'm not much of a, a holiday partier. We're still on the grind here, Pat. I mean, we have four straight 16 game slates coming up. However, I guess my tip for the people would be just go straight for the meat, you know? And, and I've found for me, like, especially as I've gotten older, like if I just eat meat and like no bread, I feel amazing. I feel light. My feces, actually, I don't know if we can discuss this here, but my, whereas, you know, it could be all over the place, different forms, blah, blah, blah. If you cut out all that processed uh, bread and sugar stuff, it's just like so regular and just like you barely even need, I shouldn't be talking about this, but you barely even need to, to wipe because it's just like so like pure right through. And like, it just shows you how healthy you are and how unhealthy all the processed uh, sugars are and stuff like that. So that would be my one tip. Just just pile on the meat, man. You can't go wrong. If you're going to eat a lot, it's fine. Just just make sure it's the protein. So what you're saying is that if you run pure in the shitting game, you can run pure in the DraftKings game as well? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look good, feel good, play good. You know what I mean? I, I used to play poker with a guy who wore a suit every time and everybody else was dressed like you know, a homeless person. And this guy, I, I one time I said to him, why, why do you dress like this? Are you coming from work or something like that? He says, no, man, look good, feel good, play good. And that kind of stuck with me. And I don't actually employ that, obviously, as you can see, but uh, it still stuck with me as something that maybe I should be doing. I actually kind of get behind that. I mean, people always say, like, dress for the job that you don't have, but the job that you want, but just dress the part. And sometimes you just fulfill the part, even if you do not have the skills to do it. No, totally agree. And I wish I had, I had better wardrobe. I'm obviously here uh, at home with Jerry. You are at least there out in your studio, so at least you have to uh, dress up somewhat. I mean, I don't have to dress up. I'm wearing like a $3 Old Navy shirt right now. So shout out Old Navy. Uh, also, as Levy pointed out, that EstablishTheRun.com is going to have full coverage all throughout the next few weeks. You know, I'm going to go home. and I'm going to go on vacation. <laughs> you're not going to have my losing picks. Actually, Jeff, Tim, and I will end up doing a show. But, like, there's going to be no Week 17 rankings for me. I'll have package shows, probably preview to golf season. But if you want to get 20% off at EstablishTheRun.com, use promo code MAYO20 and you will have all the information you need to at least try to be successful. It's better than having no information, of course. So, I mean, I am a subscriber, so maybe you should become a subscriber too. Mayo, 20 at EstablishTheRun.com. Let's talk about the DraftKings slate for Week 14. More of a first look than anything. When we look at the running backs, Christian McCaffrey is going to come in, as he does every single week, above $10,000, the most expensive guy. And then you have Dalvin Cook at $9,500 who's dealing with the shoulder problem. They say it's a pain tolerance thing. But do you think this is going to keep a lot of people off of Dalvin Cook? And should they be off Dalvin Cook? Yeah, really interesting. I mean, one of the biggest uh, injuries on the slate right now is the status of Dalvin Cook because this is just an absolute home run spot at home 
against this Lions team. If Dalvin Cook was 100%, I would say Dalvin Cook would be right there with Christian McCaffrey in terms of the best value uh, on the slate at the running back position. And of course, if Dalvin Cook is out, well, Alexander Madison is just going to be the home run auto uh, play for everybody, at least uh, in cash in the game three bros can do what they want uh, in tournaments on, on Alexander Madison. But yeah, you know, he has an SC joint sprain. Um, we'll see. They say it's pain tolerance issue, as you said. Um, I kind of lean towards thinking they'll hold him out, but it is uh, only Wednesday right now. So I honestly uh, have no idea. Um, even if he does go, I wouldn't expect a full workload because it's a really interesting, like you said, game theory play here because the ownership is going to be depreciated on Dalvin Cook. It seems like if he is active, he'd be worth a few swings if you were playing multiple lineups just because we know what his upside is. The matchup is fantastic. And if it turns out he just has good pain tolerance and he gets even 80% of the nor- normal Dalvin Cook workload, like this is a smash spot with no one on him. Uh, one of the things like we forget is like these guys get banged up and they get pain. I mean, these guys are getting injections before like every game, like they just shoot him up, like put that needle right in his ass and then he's fine for the next three hours. You know what I mean? So I, I, I would agree with you that there's going to be some risk in, in playing him if he's active, but you know, there's also paths to him having a full workload. We'll see though. I do think they mix in Alexander Madison, maybe more than usual, even if Dalvin's active. Well, if Alexander Madison comes in at $4,500, and I think even in tournaments, you can game theory yourself out of not using him uh, if Delvin Cook is inactive, which I think just would be foolish. At $4,500, just lock him into every lineup and figure out the rest of your lineup everywhere else. That's, that's too much savings for a guy who is projected to get more than 20 touches if Cook sits against a shitty defense. So I, I would just lock him in probably to 100% of my lineups, maybe like 80, something like that. But definitely like cash games and even in tournaments, I really wouldn't care. Do you think he's viable at all, though, even if Delvin Cook is active? Sure. And, and you know, it's early, like I said, but the way this slate is shaping up, there's going to be a lack of players under 5K that interest us. And that'll be especially true if Greg Olson ends up playing in this game. So, yeah, I think we're going to have to have some thin plays across the board on DraftKings this week. And that's one thing about playing on DraftKings, you know, like you have to dig deeper than having an all-star team. You know, like I played Auden Tate uh, last week. I've played, God, I've played J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. I've played Ben Watson in, in, in recent weeks. And you know, you just have to go deeper than uh, an all-star team. So, yes, obviously, Alexander Madison would only have like a 10 to 12 touch projection at, at most, I think. But I, I, on this particular slate, in this slate context, uh, I think he would at least be th- worth be thinking about. Uh, we'll see how it goes. So the other guy, especially at running back, that now people – it was a joke, and then it wasn't a joke – and now Patrick Laird is 4100 bucks. no Kalen Balazs. They did sign Zach Zenner, which actually kind of worries me a little bit as someone who could be the primary ball handler on the ground. But it's hard to run against the Jets anyway. If Laird sees like 50 to 75% of the snaps, he could get there just through the receiving game alone. Do you think he'll play Patrick Laird? Yes. Yeah, so uh, I'm waiting to try to find out more about what the Dolphins are going to do because they have uh, Miles Gaskin, who I think they want to get a look at. They have... Uh, Delance Turner, who they signed off the Ravens practice squad like a month ago. So they have three backs they can use. I think the back that plays best in the pass game is Patrick Laird. As we've seen, we've seen him rack up some garbage time catches. We saw him uh, catch the two point conversion uh, last week. So, um, yeah, you know, Patrick Laird wasn't in play the week. He was the big joke because Kalen Balazs was still there um, and it wasn't that great of a matchup against the Jets. Everybody's game plan is to throw, throw, throw. And the Dolphins have no problem instituting throw game plans with Ryan Fitzpatrick. So yeah, it makes sense that Patrick Laird 
would handle a majority doesn't mean all or doesn't mean, you know, 60 or 70%, but a majority, you know, maybe 50%, 40 something percent of the running back work. And they also give a lit some to Miles Gaskin, also give some to, to Lance Turner. We're still talking about the Dolphins here. Uh, and we're still talking about a road game uh, against the Jets who have some talented pieces on defense. So I'm not going overboard on Patrick Laird, but unlike in the previous week when he was kind of uh, a joke, uh, I think that uh, he's legit in play this week. I will probably end up not using any Patrick Laird, especially in tournaments. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about tournaments, so I'll probably full fade him. I'm just more interested in the actual passing game of the Dolphins, and you know, if I want to use Gesicki and I want to use Parker, potentially even Hearns at his cheap price, and Ryan Fitzpatrick, I get where Laird fits into that mix. But if he like, I think he's going to be like pretty popular this week. That just seems like an auto fade to me. Well, <laughs> I mean, the the podcast that Davis and Peter uh, the Mans did uh, yesterday uh, is sweeping the nation. Uh, I think they propelled themselves into like the top 50 podcast on iTunes by having Patrick Laird on. So, yeah, uh, I agree with you. But so many people now are building their lineups for tournaments through MME and through uh, projections. And so Patrick Laird, I think, is going to uh, pop into a reasonable amount of them. I'm not sure I would necessarily raise Patrick Laird's ownership projection uh, because of the uh, chatter. But yeah, you know, he's going to be owned just because he's in play and there's not a lot of value. So so we'll see. You know, I have the ownership projections that established the run. If you, uh, if you use Mayo's code, you can see those. And I usually have a pretty good feel by Friday night where I think uh, guys are going to end up. Value guys on this slate, uh, there's not a ton of them. Everyone seems to be pretty reasonably priced or even somewhat overpriced. And before we get to like the very top end, if we're just looking at pure value, Devonta Freeman is a fantastic price and he has a fantastic matchup, especially down Don Terry Poe on the Panthers defensive line. Do you think everyone's going to gravitate towards him? And do you think that's a mistake? Cause he kind of sucks. Yeah. So, I mean, Devonta Freeman has been in this role all year and hasn't had like, I don't think he's had a single big game. Um, so this role and I mean, Brian Hill was in this role and just totally dusted. So, um, I think this role is not overly fantasy friendly. That said, the Falcons are getting Austin Hooper back. They're getting, uh, Julio Jones back. Devontae Freeman, I thought looked reasonably healthy, uh, on Thanksgiving last week. So yeah, I mean, uh, Devontae Freeman is in play for sure. I think that expecting all of a sudden some, ceiling game for Devontae Freeman after this position has not yielded a single ceiling ceiling game for 13 weeks is asking a lot, but you're right. I mean, the, the, one of the reasons I think Ron Rivera got fired, I mean, he's supposed to be some defensive guru and they were just been getting absolutely gashed on the ground. So if we think about the lineup construction as it pertains to running back, it does seem like you'd want to pay up for two, maybe try to find a cheaper flex running back to put in, or do you think it's a week to pay up at running back and then sort of evenly distribute the wealth across the other positions? Yeah, well, you haven't mentioned Alvin Kamara, and, and I understand that he's playing the San Francisco 49ers. I think that's in play in the mid-range. Uh, and yeah, you know, Christian McCaffrey, to me, is almost always uh, a priority facing Atlanta. I think that would be uh, no different. But, you know, I, I there was one week recently where I didn't play Christian McCaffrey. I just I think it was the week he was playing the Saints. It was just, there just wasn't enough value for me uh, to get to Christian McCaffrey. So, yeah, I think, you know, roster construction is always going to be fluid relative to the slate and you know we just had like some surprise injury pop up it's not for the main slate you know for monday night where eli manning gets ruled out maybe something like that will happen for the main slate and we'll see and and things will open up 
Yeah, so I think I'll probably end up going with McCaffrey. I'll wait for a status update on Dalvin Cook, but I can see mixing him into it as well, even at low ownership, just to kind of double the field and maybe get lucky with him. Madison, if Cook is out, is obviously a lock in this spot. You mentioned Kamara. I mean, he's 7000 bucks. You're not going to get a better price, and this could just be one of those games where he piles up 10 catches, and then he's most definitely going to be worth it. Is there anyone else from that top end that you can see building around? The one I would think I would go to would be Fournette with Minshew in. Mm-hmm. Just just because, I mean, Minshew's mobility opens up running lanes for Fournette. There's no game script where he can really be out of it. And the Chargers' defense reeks. I think, you know, you've seen why Leonard Fournette has been such a good play on DraftKings is because they're getting trucked like 28 nothing, and Leonard Fournette's still in the game. And Leonard Fournette's still catching all these checkdowns. Now, I think his pass game usage has been inflated the last two weeks because they, they've been getting beat so, so, so bad. I do not think with Gardner Minshew in there, they will get beat so 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 bad uh, by any stretch i think they have a reasonable chance to win the game against this version of philip rivers so yeah you know i think Leonard fournette is in play i think at that same price range nick chubb uh is in play against the Bengals. um but as it sits right now uh i would prefer camara i think uh to both of those specifically on on full PPR DraftKings. So Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is now up to $6,600. Chubb is at 8000 The Bengals' defense has looked shockingly spry the past few weeks. Now, they haven't been playing the toughest quality of opponents. And, I mean, the Browns aren't either, but they're a team that can really get it going on the ground. Do you think Kareem Hunt is overpriced? Is he viable here? Because we know that he's going to get some work in the passing game. If he can score a touchdown, then we're looking good. But now he's up in price that it's going to take a lot more to pay off that price tag. Yeah, no, I'm out on that. I mean, come on. He, he's way, way, way too expensive for his role. And let's say you run into a scenario where there's only 25 running back touches to go around for uh, the Browns in this game. Well, then you got a big problem with, with Kareem Hunt. So, no, I'm out on that. Uh, anything with the Packers backfield or is that too much of a split? And then you're just banking on touchdowns. It might not come. Yeah, you know, I was telling people that Aaron Jones just couldn't sustain what he was doing. I, I mean, you know, Aaron Jones was scoring four touchdowns on like exactly half the work and it's just unsustainable if people try to chase that in the long term and it's catching up to him now where they like jamal williams jamal williams is actually legit like decent um and so yeah it's frustrating but they're splitting it right down the middle of course against the redskins i could see aaron jones putting like four touchdowns on 16 touches right down my throat but uh you know you gotta live with that i think uh, the only other few that I'm looking at right now is the Chiefs' backfield. If Damian Williams is back, it throws a wrench into the entire situation. I think if he's back, they probably end up using him. They signed Spencer Ware. Obviously, he's familiar with the offense. I don't know how much run that he gets, but it seems like everyone's really going to gravitate towards Darwin Thompson, and I guess it makes sense. When you look at the running backs for the Chiefs, the past two games against the Patriots have been highly utilized. One, it was Damian Williams. The second, the first time, it was Kareem Hunt. They both put up huge games uh, through the receiving game but i think that LaShawn mccoy is being overlooked here yeah i i mean i don't know i i was disappointed that they went out and signed spencer ware because i was thinking hey you know even if damien's hurt we have enough they should think we have enough with LaShawn mccoy and darwin thompson uh, to get by they obviously disagree so i think they have somewhat of a big lack of faith in darwin thompson i would prefer LaShawn mccoy uh, out of those guys but yeah I think Damian Williams has a legit chance to play it's just you know it seems like regardless no matter what happens they're gonna have three running backs active and it's gonna be scared especially going to New England yeah last one 
And this guy's been actually pretty good over the past month. He's $5,800. He faces Cleveland, who doesn't have the best run defense in the world. And with Dalton Mm -hmm. back at quarterback, I mean, maybe they can move the ball a little bit. Mixon's been shockingly decent. Yeah. You know, um, there's other guys that I would probably prefer uh, to Mixon. I would prefer Melvin Gordon. Uh, I might prefer Josh Jacobs. And I know those guys are a little bit more. Uh, you know, I haven't played Joe Mixon because, A, Gio Bernard's been stealing a lot, and I understand Joe Mixon played like 80% of the snaps last week because they were at really trying to win that game. I think under normal circumstances, he's back around 60. And also, they just haven't shown a willingness to throw to him uh, enough, and I think a division game against Cleveland's probably not the best spot for uh, Joe Mixon anyways, despite what's going on with the Browns and the Browns' defense. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think I'm out on that. Let's switch to receivers. Almost like the Dalvin Cook situation where we don't know if anyone's going to play him. Michael Thomas is the most expensive receiver on the board on the main slate. And San Francisco just hasn't been giving up fantasy points to receivers. So I'd imagine that very few people are going to spend all the way up and get to Michael Thomas. At least that's my perception of it. Maybe they will, and they just trust Michael Thomas every single week. But who do you think is the better contrarian play if you were to pay up? Would it be Cook? Would it be Michael Thomas? Or would it just be neither? Oh, definitely Michael Thomas. I mean, you know, haven't you heard defense doesn't matter, uh, Pat? You haven't heard that? I, I have heard that. I'm not, I'm not, I might be out on that. I don't know if that matters or <laughs> if it doesn't matter. I would like to think that it does matter just a little bit. No, I'm kidding. I, I agree it matters. I think that there are uh, in competitive games for the Saints and the way that Michael Thomas runs routes, you know, like he's so good on DraftKings because he runs a five-yard hitch and he turns it into eight yards and you get 1.8 points. And it's just like a run play uh, for the Saints. His catch rate is so high. So yeah, I'm certainly not out on, on Michael Thomas. I think Devontae Adams, assuming the weather is good in Green Bay, is a uh, better play against the Redskins. But there's no way I'm out on Michael Thomas. I mean, there, there's just no way. Yeah, you could use, I mean, most definitely Devontae Adams is safer at $8,000. But if it's going to be a situation where Devontae Adams is somehow, let's say, I don't know, 25% owned and Michael Thomas, for whatever reason, I mean, the reason would be the defense and the matchup, is like 10% owned. Wouldn't that lead you towards Michael Thomas? Sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, it, it's hard to see Dwayne Haskins putting up any kind of fight uh, in Lambeau. And I think that this game between the Saints and the 49ers, two really good defenses. But, you know, I could see points uh, being scored here. You know, perfect game environment, perfect uh, weather situation, the Dome, obviously. So, so yeah, I, I, I mean, I'd be surprised if – I think Michael Thomas would be more owned than, than you think probably. Or maybe it's Tyreek Hill then is the one that gets mm-hmm. overlooked here at the top end. He's $8,100. He gets the Patriots. But I'm not – sure that even though the Patriots pass defense is amazing that the speed of Tyreek Hill even outdoors potentially in bad weather I just think his speed overcomes what their defense can do and maybe he's the one who ends up like five percent owned yeah I think he has a way worse matchup than Michael Thomas does I mean Stephon Gilmore has been uh I mean it's like Daryl Rebus uh, uh level for those of you guys that remember uh, Darrell Rebus. So, so yeah, you know, uh, I think Tyreek Hill will likely come in less owned uh, than than Michael Thomas. And yeah, he's had success against the Patriots recently. I mean, there, there's a big sample of recent Mahomes versus uh, uh, Patriots games with two of them last year. So, um, so yeah, I, I think uh, Tyreek is interesting. He wouldn't. I would prefer Adams or Michael Thomas from an equity standpoint. But yeah, I think Tyreek will be lesser owned for sure. 
So if we just look at the $7,000 receivers, you have Thomas Hill, Adams, Diggs, Julio, who looks like he's going to return, DeAndre Hopkins, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Julian Edelman, and DJ Moore, all $7,000. If you pay up at running back, it's going to be hard to squeeze two of these guys or even one of these guys into a lineup, depending on how much you pay up at running back. Is it conceivable that you could start your lineup at $6,900 and end up using Devontae Parker against the Jets? Hmm. Yeah, you know... I struggle a lot with these rising price tags, you know, like I was playing Devontae Parker at 4,100 and then I was like, God, can I really pay 5,600 for Devontae Parker? I was like, ah, oh. and now it's like, Oh God. I mean, eh, Devontae Parker is now 6,900. Can I really pay 6,900 for Devontae Parker? Uh, I think the price tag is getting away from us a little bit. Like I'd probably rather play uh, uh, Edelman. I'd probably rather play Odell or Jarvis Landry. I think Keenan Allen, uh, is in play in that 6K range. And like, if you can just find 300 more, you could get to Mike Evans uh, and Chris Godwin. So yeah, I think it might be time for me to be out on Devontae Parker as much as I hate to say it. I, I think I'm actually going to take the plunge on Parker here. I think a lot of people will see the price tag inflating and be out be like, oh, Devontae Parker, he's due for his zero game. But he's just been so damn good. Double digit targets in four straight. He's putting up 150 yard games. I mean, Fitzmagic is just going to air it out. And if there is a team to go against, uh, the Jets defense is the pass defense that you want to be playing. I mean, Jets are so, so good against the run, and they've struggled big time uh, in the secondary. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you. And, and, you know, like people think that Devontae Parker uh, was terrible, is terrible, uh, was one of the biggest first-round wide receiver busts in memory, you know, was an off-season warrior, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe he just needed, like, competent, aggressive quarterback play. And, and Ryan Fitzpatrick's done this before, man. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick's doing this uh, a long time where he, he creates uh, huge fantasy ceilings for his wide receivers so it's certainly no fluke i don't think so the other guys in the 6k range i like what you're saying about jarvis landry i think that he's actually a pretty nice price sixty five hundred dollars against the Bengals. i like him better than i like odell although squeaky wheel odell wants out of cleveland so maybe this is the week he scores eight touchdowns um i mean jarvis landry's outplayed odell all year i mean what, what there's nothing more to say i mean he's been better he's shown better chemistry with baker uh i think you know Odell has a better chance at getting, you know, one of those 30, 40 point games than Jarvis does. But, you know, from a floor standpoint, I don't think about it. It's really close. Uh, but I think I'd maybe prefer Jarvis. I, I don't know. I'm going to have to think about that. So with Blau at quarterback for the Lions, I actually kind of like Galladay. And I just with the other names surrounding him, he seems like he's probably a bit too expensive for his reliability versus these other guys. So I think that he's a nice like little pivot play there. But Instead of Landry, instead of Beckham, even DJ Chark or John Brown, like, shouldn't we just be playing Cortland Sutton every week? He's been awesome. Yeah, God, if you were just going to bet on talent, uh, you would play Cortland Sutton. And Cortland Sutton was in the buy low model last week. I didn't play him, just had such little faith in Drew Locke. And, you know, I thought Drew Locke looked uh, reasonable, but uh, I think there's some tape on him now, and, and I have some concerns about Drew Locke. Uh, going forward this offensive line so I actually think you know I, I'm don't play much season long but in one season long league where I'm still alive I actually just picked up Houston's defense and um, I'm somewhat excited to play them at home uh, against Drew Locke so I don't want to say anything bad about Corden Sutton he's certainly a baller but uh, yeah you probably found another one there that I'm out on I feel like I'm out on all these guys that that uh, that you're in on 
That's good. I mean, that's usually a good sign for the guests. They don't <laughs> like the picks that I have. So, and it's it's great that I mean, most people come on the show and be like, I like everybody, play everybody. Right. So, I mean, no, I hate everybody. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm so picky. I, I hate everybody. Yeah, that, that's actually perfect. I mean, I think that's what people actually want to hear. So, James Washington, six thousand bucks. Like that has to be the most egregious price of the week, doesn't it? When you go hunting with another man, that's how you. That's what your price gets to. I guess so. Uh, so the $5,000 level, you got Boyd, Sanders. I don't think AJ Green's going to be back. Uh, Debo is in there, Fuller. Zach Pascal is interesting if Hilton sits again against Tampa. I At $5,500, I can't figure out if people are going to be on him or off of him or whether he's a good player or not without. I mean, being the number one option, I guess you could say Jack Doyle is the number one option in this offense, but are like, is Indy going to do something stupid like bring Marlon Mack back and run him 20 times into the best defensive run-stopping front in football, or are they just going to throw it to him 15 times and hope for the best? Yeah, uh, I don't think that Marlon Mack's going to play, but we'll see. I don't think that T.Y. Hilton's going to play, uh, but we'll see. I mean, they're really thin and wide out. I think Zach Pascal will play every single snap regardless. And yeah, you know, the Bucks have played better defense lately and really the question is how the game goes you know like uh if this turns shootout and because they don't want Jacoby Brissett to throw the ball more than 20 or 25 times but if Jameis can get something going against Indy's defense which it's not only it's the best matchup at all for Jameis you know Indy plays a lot of zone and and they don't let stuff go vertical on them or at least they try not to so um maybe this game is low score more low scoring than it seems but you know in game flows where Jacoby Brissett ends up throwing 30 to 35 times I think Zach Pascal is an awesome play. Uh, if Hilton sits again, Marcus Johnson played 93% yeah. of the snaps. He's $3,600. Would that be more intriguing to you as a lineup filler than someone like Zach Pascal? Um, yeah, Marcus Johnson's on my list. I should note that Paris Campbell is questionable. and I, He might get back, and that would concern me a little bit on Marcus Johnson. Uh, but yeah, you know, Marcus Johnson was on the practice squad. Um, I'm not sure about his talent level, but the matchup is certainly mm-hmm. right. And yeah plays under 4k like i basically have none that i like uh on the entire slate you know maybe like a couple tight ends but yeah i mean it's really thin under 4k so uh, marcus johnson is one of the guys on my list yeah if campbell goes i I would assume that he would retake over that spot as the wide receiver too and play around like 90 percent of the snaps he's 3200 dollars but now the Frenchman, Paris Campbell, has to deal with Trump coming back, getting into a fight with Macron. Maybe he gets deported back to France. I don't know what happens. He's very questionable for this game. Uh, I've been following the politics. I assume that's some Trump-Trudeau fight thing, right? No, well, Matt, he got into it with Macron, the president of France, and then he got into it with Trudeau. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, they were probably just speaking French, and then he got all triggered. I can't keep up. Yeah, so you got to watch out for Campbell. But, I mean, he would end up being a pretty decent play, I would think. Like, if you're looking to save, maybe you probably don't need to spend $3,200 on a receiver. But if you did, it would be a nice way to save some cash. Is there anyone else in this 5K range? Like, I know people are high on A.J. Brown this week. But even someone like Cole Beasley, the more I think about this Baltimore defense and how ball, and how Buffalo is going to have to attack, I can see them running the ball a ton. But these low, I mean, he's been running down the field more. But these high percentage passes to Cole Beasley over the middle for 9 10 yards like they should be available against baltimore and they do seem to scheme for him in the red zone um yeah i don't know man i i don't want to play cole beasley against baltimore really i have so much respect for for what baltimore is doing on defense there, there's one guy in the 5k range you didn't mention and that's jameson crowder who uh i think is sam darnold's favorite target and has the best matchup and i actually uh, saw a price decrease this week to jameson crowder so i i definitely think that's in play 
Yeah, especially when Robbie Anderson has one good week and all of a sudden he's back priced fifty one hundred bucks. I'm with you. I oh, see, but Paul, Paul has Jamison Crowder on the graphic. You see, Paul's even on it. Well, he does appear at the top of the list. That's that's usually goes hand in hand. Any like. I don't know what the uh, the buy low model says for air yards this week, but I have to assume that Terry McLaurin must be inching towards the very top of that. I don't know. I don't have it in front of me. I don't think I don't think he's on there. Uh, but the guy who you know everybody's excited is on there this week, and I'll, I'll give a little preview since that is the cover boys, Mike Evans. And you know, uh, uh, last two times that Mike Evans been on in the buy low model, he's literally gone over I think forty points uh, both times. So you know his price is coming down. He's at four straight bad games we understand the way indy prefers to play defense doesn't mean that they'll be able to execute so uh yeah i think mike evans would be the the poster boy this week for the air yards by low model if you're playing in tournaments obviously you need that high upside players i'm not too concerned about floor if i'm I'm playing the millionaire maker even three max for that matter i'm not concerned about min cashing i'm trying to win here adam and it's probably why i end up losing every week but i start looking in this range uh of the like the 4k i mean like Will Fuller is probably the most extreme example of this, like the ultra boom or bust type guy. He's like 5,500. But in the 4K range, you have Hollywood Brown at 4,700 bucks. And then John Ross is likely to be back at 4,400. Like, did those guys intrigue you from an upside perspective if you're not concerned about taking a zero? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much John Ross is going to play. The Bengals said they're going to ease him back in. So so that concerns me uh, somewhat on him. Who's the other guy that you said? Uh, Ross and Hollywood Brown. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Hollywood Brown's been the same story all year. You know, they wide out that Lamar prefers to throw to is Hollywood Brown. I just haven't been playing anybody against Buffalo. I mean, they, they are so, so good on defense and especially against the pass game where they drop everybody into coverage. So no, I think in the 4k range, I'd probably prefer, uh, Mike Williams, but, uh, it's definitely thin. Is there going to be a week where Mike Williams finally scores like five touchdowns in a game like all that regression is going to come at once it feels like yeah and uh it should you know i mean they, they've been throwing jump balls to him like all season you know they just happen to be at like the 20 yard line instead of in the end zone uh so james washington gets this huge price increase to six thousand dollars but deontay johnson's only forty three hundred dollars and frankly the arizona pass defense isn't very good they play an up-tempo game as well which if they can actually score points against the steelers defense which is going to be tricky because the Steelers defense is quite good so maybe defense does matter from that perspective Mm -hmm. but if it it speeds up the Steelers a little bit I think Deontay Deontay Johnson is actually a pretty reasonable play at 4300 yeah agreed and then you know the story's been the same with the Cardinals defense you know all season they play fast and they're terrible on defense like it's just it's just it's not complicated at all so yeah you know my concern for the Steelers is the way they want to win with their third string quarterback is play slow and run gadget plays and um, you know, do tap passes and do uh, direct snaps to Jalen Samuels. And so it's not even like really a pro style offense. So you lose a bit of, I think, floor and ceiling on Deontay Johnson. But yeah, from a raw matchup and uh, playing time perspective, assuming Juju is out, I think Deontay Johnson would be uh, in play. So the 4,000 and below type guys, you hit on Auden Tate. I too played Auden Tate last week and it wasn't disastrous. He was fine. And he's still only oh, yeah. $4,000. I think you could go back to him if you wanted to, if that's the cheapest you want to pay for someone. Was there anyone else down there like Demarius Thomas against the Dolphins? We talked about Paris Campbell. It's pretty devoid of talent down here this week. What about someone like, um, the hell is his name? Kelvin Herman 
on the skins. If Richardson sits and Trey Quinn sits, which it looks like that's going to happen, you have McLaurin, you have Steve Sims, then you'll have Herman. Those are like the mm-hmm. three guys that do anything. Yeah, and Harmon's been coming on and playing fine. So yeah, I went that you know not a good matchup. I don't think for him up in Green Bay, but uh, he'd be in play. The only other guy under 4K uh, I have here is Kenny Stills, who you know is is with Will Fuller back is more of a part time player, but he's operating out of the slot. Don't think he'll see uh, Chris Harris, who is more likely to be on DeAndre Hopkins. So um, yeah, I think Kenny Stills is 3,700, I believe, and and he would at least be in play. I think quarterbacks for the week Lamar is the most expensive and I will most certainly have Lamar lineups because he had they scored 17 points last week and I think Lamar scored 30 DraftKings points I mean if that's going to be your bad game it's pretty good and it's come to the point now where you don't even really need to stack Lamar you can if you want but if you just want to play Lamar and leave it be I know it's a lot for a quarterback but his floor is so safe and the upside I, I still feel like it's untapped at this point uh, yeah, I, you know, obviously Lamar, you know, get the hundred yard, uh, rushing bonus for a quarterback who also has, you know, four passing touchdowns in his range of outcomes. He's been the highest ceiling for a quarterback all season. I would say just from a raw matchup perspective, I think this Buffalo one is worse than the 49ers one. Like I'd rather play Lamar against the 49ers than I would, uh, in Buffalo. So take that for what it's worth, but certainly, you know, I'm not going to say bad things about Lamar and fantasy. He's one of the best fantasy players that, that we've ever seen. So the values that I'm looking at right now, guys, that I'm considering putting in my player pool cousins at $6,700, especially if cook is somewhat banged up, maybe they just run with Madison, but I think at home, Kirk cousins could take advantage of this defense, especially if Thielen is back in this game. Uh, I like obviously Ryan Fitzpatrick at $6,000 against the jets. You could even play Darnold if you want. It's a nice spot for him in a rebound uh, coming off a terrible week or even Tannehill at $5,800. Like those are the types of, plays that i'm looking at and i don't feel great about it uh yeah i actually don't have anybody under really like 6500 that i'm excited about i think this is one of the worst weeks for the quarterback position we've had all year a lot of the guys that i normally like to play you know are in difficult matchups or in the wrong style uh of matchups so yeah i think this is the worst week we've seen all year for quarterback i mean the ones that i actually felt okay about were uh, Deshaun Watson and, and Aaron Rodgers, but you know, there's certainly no bargains. I mean, I would say they're priced uh, relatively appropriately. I'm trying to think here. Andy Dalton against Cleveland. Yeah, I would probably, if we're going to really dumpster dive, I think Minshew or Rivers or Tannehill or David Blau or something like that would be uh, more interesting to me than Dalton. I like, I mean, I, I objectively like Tannehill against Oakland. I think that's an all right spot. Oakland's run defense is actually kind of good. Uh, even Derek Hart, 5,000 against Tennessee, mm-hmm. I think makes some sense, but they just play so slow. I was actually talking with Thorman this morning and just like, we, we look back at the past four games in terms of overall pace uh, and just like game, not even game neutral, just overall snaps per second. Oakland was 31st in the NFL and they've been blown out in two of those games. Right. So that's not super encouraging for the amount of volume that you're going to get out of Derek Carr. Blau is kind of intriguing because Minnesota's pass defense, sneaky sucks. Oh, not sneaky sucks. Like legit one of the worst in the league for, for pretty much the whole season. And I, I hope that people realize that by now. I mean, God, you know, what are you telling your people out there, Mayo, if, you, if they don't know that Minnesota's pass defense sucks by now? But no one, no one wants to believe it, though. People think Minnesota, <laughs> they think good defense. Xavier Rhodes, he's amazing. He's not. He's terrible. And 
if it's going to be a situation like, I mean, the Bears pass defense is actually still pretty good, and he was able to maneuver. I mean, he got, he got Kenny Galladay down the field, obviously, but if they just keep running nine routes the entire time, Blas just going to chuck it up. I don't care if he throws four picks. If he throws three TDs, I'm getting him at, what, 5,100 bucks? Uh, yeah, I mean, God, Minnesota's pass defense is atrocious. So it's not the worst play in the world is what you're saying. You say you're talking about David Blau, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think it is. Yeah. I think I'd rather play him over Derek Carr. Yeah. I don't know if I can get behind that, but for tournaments, I think uh, Blau will be way less owned than Carr. And I think given Carr's price and the structure of the slate, I actually think Carr might be uh, somewhat popular. Yeah. I just don't, I know Tennessee's pass defense isn't great, but I don't know. There's something about that game that just feels slow and run heavy to me. Well, it's almost a playoff game, right? Like I think they're both six and six and uh, basically whoever wins that game is, has a pretty good shot at the wild card and whoever loses it is, is I think almost dusted. So, so yeah, I could play really like a playoff game. Tight ends. Uh, The past few weeks, I've been playing a lot of double tight ends. Like you talk about like, can you build an all-star team essentially? And you kind of can, if you pay down at tight end in two separate spots, which isn't obviously Mm -hmm. optimal, but cheap tight ends have been coming through like, at a pretty high rate, and especially the guys that people have pinpointed. Like last week, if you played Higby, it worked. If you played Doyle, it worked. You just played those two guys together. You could have had whoever you wanted. And Caden yeah, Smith. Yeah, Caden Smith. Caden yeah. Smith's another one. So do we have a situation this week where we have a double pay down option or even a single pay down mm. option? Like it did seem like you were digging Ian Thomas if Greg Olson sits. Oh yeah. I mean, God, if 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 Greg Olson sits and he's has a concussion right now and their season is pretty much over, uh, Ian Thomas is 2,500 and is a talented guy and will play almost every snap, you know? So on a slate like this, it's going to be, I think kind of difficult to get away from Ian Thomas. And, you know, he'd probably be a pretty good fade in tournaments because high owned tight ends are almost always good fades uh, in tournaments. And Ian Thomas has like a lot of two for twenties in his range, but, but from just a, an equity perspective, I would think that, uh, if Greg Olson sits, Ian Thomas would be uh, kind of the no-brainer. Give, I mean, Jack Doyle is like 4,600. I mean, there's nobody even, you know, close to, to 2,500. Yeah. I mean, Jack Doyle at 46 is probably the play. I assume he's going to be the most popular cash play if Olsen ends up active, just because he's still cheap enough to make things work, and he's going to have such sure. a high market share of that offense. I mean, Ryan Griffin and Mike Gesicki, I just really like that game in general. I want to make sure that it's not like a hailstorm in New York on Sunday, but like that game, like the over-under is 45, and that feels like a crush over. Miami games have been the keys of the slate, man. I mean, the last, I think, three weeks, Miami games ha- have broken all three slates, and it makes sense. I mean, they can play zero defense, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is a one of the most fantasy-friendly quarterbacks. So, yeah, it, it makes sense. I haven't you know, thought about all the game environments yet, but uh, I'm not opposed to Jets-Dolphins being a really good one. Are you going to be the guy that plays Vance McDonald against Arizona? Because I am out on that. <laughs> I wish DraftKings would have made him cheaper. I mean, it would have been a bet, a, a better conversation, a funnier conversation if he was like thirty four hundred or thirty five hundred. Because Vance McDonald has uh, eleven games this year with six points, six DraftKings points or fewer. So to make him forty three hundred is uh, uh, comical, almost like you know nobody in high stakes is going to play Vance McDonald. I'm sure you know some people at lower stakes are going to get on the flowchart stuff and play him, but uh, you know it, it's it's not. I don't think. The right play, uh, could he score two touchdowns because it's Arizona? Uh, certainly. Yeah, and I think that's the key. He, he would almost have to score two touchdowns to 
do anything in tournaments because even if he scores one you're probably looking at stat lines like three for 17 and a touchdown that's not really moving the needle for you all that much at 4300 i mean that's bad yeah especially when you can go to jack doyle it could be like eight for 80 and then if he scores a touchdown all of a sudden he has three times as many points right yeah no i mean vance is he's just too expensive it's just funny i find it funny uh, people will, I mean, he will be one of the more popular tight end plays this week, especially if people pay down, because it's going to be hard. Like we talked about at running back, unless everyone jams in Laird or someone else opens up like Madison, then maybe you can pay for one of the expensive guys. If you were to pay for an expensive tight end this week, who do you think it would be, Waller? Well, one thing about Doyle is he's only 1,300 less than George Kittle. And, you know, uh, I understand matchup is difficult against the Saints, I'd, you know, I still think Kittle would be a better role play. Like if Kittle and Doyle were the same price, you would for sure play Kittle. So I like that. I think Waller is uh, okay. Uh, I think Hunter Henry, you know, um, against Jacksonville uh, has bounced back in his, in his range. So, uh, yeah, those would be the guys that I would be uh, okay with. And, yeah, I, I do think, you know, Kittle – you know, I'm not trying to say defense doesn't matter, but George Kittle can transcend that for sure. I, I think it's actually a really nice situation for Kittle because it, whether, you know, how healthy Lattimore is going to be, we'll see, but it's not like they're going to move him inside to cover George Kittle. At least I don't expect that to happen. So if the Saints are committing all these resources to stuffing the run, to make San Francisco a throw and using their best corner on, I don't know, Debo or potentially Emmanuel Sanders, it could be a situation where they're like, you know what? George Kittle, you go have your game, and we're going to stop everyone else. And if that's the case, I mean, we know the big play potential of George Kittle. I can get behind that for sure. I mean, George Kittle is such a beast, man. And, you know, it, it's it's 1,300 is 1,300, but he obviously has a higher ceiling than Jack Doyle. So, um, you know, it's just something to think about for tournaments. I guess the other guy would be Austin Hooper, who does expect to return. He's more expensive. Oh, yeah. How much is he? How he's, much is he? He's 6,000 is the problem. But I, don't think oh. really, but I, I, I really don't think that anyone's going to play him. More people will play Kelsey against the Pats than they will playing Hooper against Carolina. I can't believe he's 6,000 because I, I didn't have him on my list because I wasn't sure who's going to play. That, that's funny, man. Uh, yeah, you know, DraftKings has gotten very aggressive with their pricing and 6,000 for a guy who is coming off the kind of injury Austin Hooper is, is coming off of is, is expensive defenses to close this out. I mean, always a nice place to save some money is that defense. I can also burn you big time, but I really like the chiefs against the Patriots, 2,200 bucks. Hmm. Um, and it's all predicated on what you think happens in the game, obviously, but if the chiefs can just jump out to an early lead, I mean, they have, I think 35 sacks this season. New England just lost its center. They're still working Isaiah Wynn back in like they, the chiefs have an aggressive defensive line that can get to the quarterback and if you make Brady throw as we saw uh not always good things happen good things can happen for the opposing defense yeah yeah I mean man you know I typically don't love defenses against New England just because they play so smart um and Brady does good job typically of not taking sacks uh, but yeah, that's super cheap. I mean, and I prefer to play the Chiefs in, in defense in Arrowhead. I think it makes a huge difference for them there in terms of their pass rush. The, the cheap one that I think is best is probably the Colts against uh, Jameis, the turnover machine that, that is Jameis. But um, I would, I'll think about the Chiefs. I'm not, I'm not dismissing it as a total donkey play, but I'm not seeing it, I don't think, right now. Well, I got an even better donkey play for you. How about this? A team that was been brutal, and we talked about them a little bit here, but over the past four weeks, over the past month, 
They've actually amped up the pressure on quarterbacks after almost going like 10 weeks with like no sacks. Uh, it's almost like what happened with Atlanta. When Atlanta came out of the bye and all of a sudden they were able to generate pressure all of a sudden out of nowhere. The Bengals have actually been doing that recently. Like the Browns have a terrible offensive line. I, I get that they're eight and a half point underdogs. I think that spread is too big. Baker, you know, might have a broken hand for all we know, and he's not afraid to turn the ball over. That if this becomes a game where they can't just run 40 times, I don't hate the Bengals defense against the Browns. Yeah, uh, for sure. And yeah, I've used the Bengals defense. I think I played them uh, two weeks ago in cash. So, yo, yeah, I, I agree with you that they've made some strides. And yeah, I would prefer to use defenses against Baker Mayfield and the Browns than than Tom Brady in Foxborough. Yeah, the only other, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe. I, I just, for whatever reason, I like the Chiefs. And the Chiefs special teams is always really good. And the Patriots have been bad on special teams this year, which I, which is really surprising considering they're almost always top 10. Say that one again? The special teams for the Patriots has been lackluster this year where the Chiefs has been really good. And again, uh, it's that speed element to the Chiefs that I think that gives New England a lot of problems. And it doesn't matter if they have Hill returning punts or Hardman returning kickoffs, whatever it might be, just their speed advantage is really huge on offense and it might be even greater on defense yeah it sounds like you think the chiefs are going to win i do think the chiefs are going to win which probably makes me like the biggest square in the world but no i i think i while i was watching that game um and by the way we should give a plug to the DraftKings sportsbook which i caught your uh infomercial for uh <laughs> with with reed <laughs> it was awesome uh but anyways um while the Patriots were like looking awful, uh, they had the lineup. I mean, DraftKings had the lineup for for next week, and I was able to get plus four. And now it's down to plus three. So, um, you know, uh, I think that uh, for, I just took it for the number. I don't know who's going to win the game. I think the Chiefs are are better, but uh, I also thought the Chiefs were better in last year's AFC Championship game, and and I lost a ton of money on that. So it, it kind of is what it is. Just looking at the early numbers on that game, it does seem like people are betting the Chiefs. Like 70% of the early money is on the Chiefs, whether that be money line, whether that be plus three. I would assume a lot of it is money line because you would get plus 140 on it uh, instead of just taking the plus three. I think I would rather take the plus three, although I do think they're going to win. I would just like to have that little bit of leeway. Uh, and that always worries me when the Patriots, I mean, a publicly backed road un underdog is never really a great thing that historically does not turn out well so like i said it's probably the square play of the week the other defenses i think you can use baltimore twenty nine hundred dollars on the road against josh allen i think you're getting a discount on them for the price uh the broncos at houston i actually like the broncos this week i think twenty five hundred dollars of von miller returns isn't outrageous especially with their defense or their offensive line struggles and the last one would be just the niners at twenty seven hundred dollars i know it's not a great situation being at the Superdome but that's this is one of the top three defenses in football that they can have a good game and they're super cheap yeah I'm fine with all those I haven't thought a ton about defense I think the Jets at 3200 just anybody against Ryan Fitzpatrick the way he plays at that price uh is okay and then you know if you can find the money obviously Green Bay against Dwayne Haskins I don't uh, I don't like Green Bay this week Oh, okay, go ahead. Let me hear it. I think it's just we've seen with Bill Callahan, it doesn't matter if they're winning or losing. They're just going to run the ball 50 times, and it's just yeah. hard to generate fantasy points against teams that run, 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 run. I would rather take Pittsburgh, honestly. I think they're my favorite overall defense, regardless of price of the week. And they're only $3,500. If I can find my way up to the Steelers, that's what I'm going to do. I like it. Yeah, no, I, I for sure dig the Steelers. I mean, you know, Kyler Murray, I think, has done a reasonable job before last week of not turning the ball over. Uh, so, yeah, uh, uh, I'm sorry. He's been... Uh, turned the ball over a ton outside of last week. So 
Um, yeah, I think Pittsburgh's fine. All right. That'll do it. The Pat Mayo Experience. Week 14 DraftKings picks and preview. What do you got coming on? Over-established the run and what's the... Uh, have you guys recorded the DFS edge for the week yet? We have not. We have not done the edge. You know, we have not done uh, our Friday show where I'll talk to Evan and, and Wiggins uh, about the slate. So yeah, we got those two things coming up. But yeah, man, I mean, everything at Establish the Run, we're doing it all the way through the Super Bowl. So a lot of time left. Use Mayo's code. Get in there. We'll see you there. Yeah, the, the code is Mayo20 at EstablishTheRun.com if you want to get 20% off. You got to have like hot XFL coverage during the offseason? Yep. Uh, we have talked about it and, uh, I don't want to make any promises, but if there is XFL on DraftKings, uh, I would expect and, and hope that, uh, we're able to, uh, be in there just like we were for preseason, which, which by the way is the most fun thing in the world. But, but anyways, yeah, I hope that XFL is on DraftKings. I actually don't, I haven't heard, uh, if, if it's going to be on there or not. I, I, I don't know if it's going to be either, but it could be tough. If it's like that other league that just folded randomly that I don't know. Right. I don't know if you'd want to invest the resources knowing that it could go kaput in but like three weeks. The thing is the XFL is backed by Vince McMahon who has like God money. You know what I mean? So I feel like they're not going to fold. I mean, he had God money the first time around and it didn't work. Yeah, that's true. So, I feel like he has more, more God money now. This is true. All right, Adam Levitan. You can follow him on Twitter at Adam Levitan. Of course, you already know that. Subscribe to the DFS Edge, and you can watch the videos up on the DraftKings YouTube page along with this video. And if you want to get into a draw for 20 DK dollars, give the episode a quick like. Actually, you know what? Not even a quick one. Just smash that like button. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section. Tell me your favorite wide receiver or running back below $4,000. Oh, there we go. We did, now we have to play one below, Levy. Uh, there's the Jerry Burke. <laughs> anyway, don't worry about it. Uh, if you want to get to a draw for 60 DK dollars, what you do is subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Uh, download the episodes, leave a five-star review, DraftKings handle, something you like about the show, and boom, you'll be in that draw for 60 DK bucks. Cheat sheet out on... Saturday, and if you want to join the Listener's League, you can find the link in the description of this video or podcast. Highly recommend it. $15 to play, three max entry, no rake. Best tournament on DraftKings, all right? Good luck in Week 14. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.